Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Y'all know this by now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hi, friends. Hey, friends. What's up? Well, I'm saying what's up like you're going to answer me, but hi. Happy February. It's February when you're listening to this. Oh, shit. Which is fucking wild to me. Like, where did this month go? Um, I feel like this month took forever to end. Oh, I'm the opposite. I don't know where this month went. (laughs) I'm jealous because I would want to be in your shoes because this month dragged on. I swear it was just like two days ago that I was cleaning my boyfriend's blue puke from New Year's. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Now now that you say that, that we talked about it, it's like, okay, no, this month like whiz by. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I bitched about that yet, but my boyfriend drank blue drinks all night on New Year's Eve and uh, woke me up at 8 a.m the first day of 2021 because he missed the toilet when he was puking he missed the toilet and he's so funny he walked in and he just goes i made an oopsie and i was like oh what did you do are you like six <laughs> years old i made an oopsie you're like uh, go clean the fucking toilet. i was so and i was still drunk if i wasn't still drunk i would have said no but i was still drunk so i fucking just laughed i was laughing with the mop <laughs> like, oh my god you you have a lot more patience than i ever will uh, he owes me that's all i'm saying yeah um so now that that fun story is out of the way yeah. <laughs> uh, i just wanted to start this episode by saying a huge thank you to all of our friends on twitter um so we're recording this on friday which means that yesterday the 28th was bell let's talk day um for those of you who don't know what it is it's uh one day a year we do it in canada bell which is i don't know is bell in the states uh, i don't think so they're a phone tv whatever provider they're also a media company they own all of our tv stations at this point they're a huge corporation which i'll get into that in a second um but they do this day once a year where you use the hashtag you text you share a video etc 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 and they donate five cents for every interaction to mental health initiatives um I still didn't look up the exact number, but they raised over $7 million this year, and it was another record-breaking year. Every year, they get about a million dollar more than the last one, yeah. uh, and it goes right into mental health initiatives. I think it's a fucking great cause. I love it, and you guys popped off on Twitter yesterday. Like I, I told Danielle I had to mute the notifications and i felt like her for a minute yeah because <laughs> i was like i'm overwhelmed like but yeah so thank you guys for showing up for that that was huge uh and it was nice to see a lot of the like creepy podcast community coming out because like you know people think we're weird yeah and we are weird they're right but we're also very nice um but just to play devil's advocate here a lot of people don't like bell let's talk day bell is a huge corporation they're obviously getting a tax cut for this uh there's been rumors about how they treat their employees etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but I just want to say my stance on it is they donated $7 million to mental health initiatives. So I like it. And yes, there is work to be done. Yes, they're not perfect, but it's still like my favorite cause and I do it every year. So thanks. There's my speech. Goodbye. (laughs) I just looked it up and they sent, they uh, got a new record again. So 7.9 million. Oh, wow. That's almost eight. Yeah. I can count. (laughs) And so they, they do all of the social media engagements before it was just like a text message or Mm -hmm. um, a hashtag where now they do hashtags, filters, frames, um, video views on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And YouTube. 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 Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, I'm aware it's not a perfect cause. So if anyone has issues with that, I am sorry, but it's still $7.9 million into the mental health care system. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks friends. I mean, I kind of participated. Danielle shared the video. She, yeah, (laughs) she did her best. (laughs) I tried you guys. I was, I shared it at Uh, least. (laughs) I I was just shocked that you remembered to get on social media to do it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So well done. You did your part. I'm such a trash millennial. I'm so sorry. Which is so funny because we started out on MySpace and we were like, we ran shit. Yeah, we were like, we were we had like over like twenty k. Yeah, like oh my god, if you guys, what was your name? I was Holly What. If you oh remember Holly What from back in the day, let my, me know because <laughs> that was my peak. <laughs> it was like Danny something. You were like Danny Destruction or something at one point. You changed yours yeah. a lot. I was. Uh, I had I was identity Holly issues, what. so I kept changing my name every like couple yeah months. i'm pretty like i was like roar danny at one point like you were rar 
uproar. <laughs> I had to be as emo as possible. Cackling. Hello. Oh. At one point when uh, the whole, like, uh, I don't know what to call that, this, the scene, that kind of thing faded, I changed it to Holly J, which is, like, my, my art account name and everything. Uh, but I was Holly what for, like, five years or more yeah. or something. And, like, when we say we were MySpace famous, we weren't, like, Audrey Kitching, like, don't get us wrong, but, like, people still wrote our names on their chests and shit and, like, (laughs) sent us pictures of it. I'm pretty sure I have every single picture still, too. I have to. I I, I wish I did. I don't know if I do. I miss MySpace. I'm having a crisis where, like, I want to give myself a mullet. (laughs) I'll help with that. I also like I was I was showing Bethany all of the old scene queens. My sister, sorry. I was showing my sister all the old scene queens uh a couple nights ago and i was like swooping my hair back over my face and like you know it really wasn't that bad i I might i should give myself bangs you know (laughs) like i remember buzzfeed came out with like a where like your favorite like emo kids where are they now yeah yeah and i was like going through them and i was like one of the pictures i was like i literally took this picture to my hairdresser and i was like i want this hair and my hairdresser was like i got you and i got that fucking hair and that was my life. I miss that. We both we're both like halfway through our crisis. Danielle has blue hair right now. I have red yeah. and pink hair right now. We're halfway through the crisis. Uh, but I think it's time we fully commit to the crisis. <laughs> I think so too. And my hair has lasted a long time for being Shout semi out to Good Die Young. Yeah. Shout out to Good Die Young guys. Go get their stuff. It's fucking awesome. I've been fighting with my hairdresser though for probably like a year and a half now about cutting my hair into a mullet. She said no for so long, but after lockdown, I had a I had an appointment between lockdowns when they like okayed haircuts, and she's like, you know, I did I've done a lot of thinking over quarantine, and like I'm preventing you from living your best life, so like I'm down to give you a mullet. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't do it because I chickened out, but like, fuck it, I'm going it. through some shit. I might do it. <laughs> I have to get my haircut. My I think my hairdresser's doing like not right now because everything is locked down but like in our home yeah. so as soon as everything's lifted lifted i'm gonna be like girl you need to like fix my fucking mop of this hair yeah That's i had a, an appointment booked at the beginning of the month and that was eight weeks out so i'm now 12 weeks out from getting girl, my hair done you know what's crazy i used to bleach my hair this is this is so fucking off topic i used to bleach my hair all the time so i had like ice blonde hair yeah it was white it was white <laughs> and i would go all the time and then my hairdresser got pregnant and she went on maternity leave and i have like trust issues so i didn't get my <laughs> hair done and i haven't seen her since she's come back with her child and her ch- kid's almost like two years old so yeah i haven't gotten my hair done in two years but it looks really good still thank like, you it's still really healthy looking thank you that's because i haven't I, bleached it <laughs> i go regularly because i'm going gray and gray stands out against naturally dark hair that's fair that's fair (laughs) i found a big gray hair in my sister's head the other day or not the other day on christmas and it was funny the other day was christmas you're so funny (laughs) i know fuck lockdown does this to us Uh, i'm just saying this month took forever too i'm a liar the other day was christmas (laughs) you are a liar you filthy liar i am a fucking liar well now that you guys know about our crisis our former emo glory days We'll get into which some might, spookies. Which might come back to, to present emo yeah. days. I don't know. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get spooky. Let's get spooky, guys. Um, so this week I'm gonna talk about the Phantom Lights in St. Louis, Saskatchewan. And if it's St. Louis, I'm sorry, but I'm saying St. Louis. <laughs> we <laughs> debated about that for a few minutes before recording, because both are technically correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there are many ways. Or, wow, there are many names to this besides, like, the Phantom Lights. It's also known as the Ghost Light or the Ghost Train. Aha, uh, I knew it! <laughs> yeah. So, it's a little bit of an honor for uh, Holly's dad because he loved trains and so he did. Were. Yeah. Um, I think I told the story where he was, like, so excited. We were kids and he took us to see this, like, old historic train. And it was, like, the best day of his life. life. <laughs> and then all the pictures, he's, like, got this big smile and me and my he's- sister are just, like, dead face like like, mm. you're like i fucking hate trains your dad was like that that youtube song i like trains do you remember oh my God. <laughs> that's that his, was like, him. anthem that uh, was him yep uh so st louis is a canadian village located in saskatchewan and has only been around for about 100 years so not that long um it was established around the late 1800s and it's pretty small um with a population of only 415 so extremely small yeah that's really small i would want to live there absolutely Um, the only bad thing about living there though is that you would like know everybody you know that's true so now these lights have pretty much made like this canadian village pretty famous 
Um, so now what you see is like this mysterious white light going on on like an abandoned railroad. Um, sometimes there's like a red light as well and it's kind of like on the side of this white light. The light is seen almost every night and if you go there it's almost guaranteed you'll see it. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So right now like the tracks of the the trail um the railroad were removed. Um this was like some years ago, but they say people are, have been saying that this white bright light resembles a train light. Um so there are some theories on this light and who or what is causing it. So one theory is dated all the way back to the 1920s where a conductor who who worked for CNR, which is the Canadian National Railway, um was walking along these tracks and was like examining them in the dark because that's totally fucking normal apparently. <laughs> As one does. as Yeah, as one does. Apparently, he ended up being hit by a train and got decapitated. Ah. This is why you don't... And that was his job? I guess so. But mm. he was like... I don't know. Because they say he's a conductor. So, that's like the legend behind it. Um, he, people have also said that if that was the case, that he was probably very drunk. Which I could agree. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, another way this story is kind of told is that the conductor um, got decapitated because he fell off either, like, the front or the back of the train, and the train ended up, like, reversing or, like, driving over him, oh, like, shit. killing him. I, should, I didn't mean to laugh. It was more of a gasp. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's, like, a few legends regarding the CNR conductor, but it all ends the same. Either way, he was decapitated. He lost his noodle. Yeah, he lost it. Um, so, this kind of, like, sort of started, like, the legend of the ghost train and what it like kind of caused it um people believe that this light could possibly be the conductor looking for his missing head oh uh, shit again yeah. i didn't mean to laugh <laughs> really that's dark really dark like very dark um so the white light could also be this ghost train um that the conductor was on maybe it was the train that decapitated him and he was just like the, the, the train's just out for vengeance now like, yeah. i want more more people to decapitate <laughs> we need more heads yeah and the red light is also said it could be like the lantern from the conductor as well oh, okay yeah but also trains have like those little red lights on the side so it could that's be what train. i was thinking yeah yeah um so one of the residents of st louis um edward lose luzer almost said loser <laughs> luzer i'm fucking terrible um visited the abandoned railroad with his parents aunt and uncle and cousin um edward was younger and was walking the tracks with his cousin and his father and uncle were like up ahead of them so they were like behind them um but his mom and aunt stayed in the car because they're babies um (laughs) edward said and i quote the light came behind us and lit us up and the silhouettes and the tracks and they kind of like recognized us like so his his dad and his uncle um his dad came running um because he thought he would be like scared like his kid would be scared and the two boys hadn't even noticed anything like they didn't see the light themselves oh yeah so only the the dad and the uncle saw it but the the light was so bright that it like gave these two boys a huge like a silhouette creepy yeah so it was very fucking eerie les les rain coot court i don't know you guys (laughs) Is that a name? Yeah. Les Rancourt. I think it's obviously very French. Um, Was the mayor of St. Louis. I don't believe he's still the mayor, but I could be wrong, but I don't think he is. Um, But he was like mayor in like 2015 time. Um, But at this time he was the mayor and he was interviewed and he said he also saw the lights. He is quoted saying, and I quote, it's basically like a, a street light from a distance. Like there's a little brighter and gets a little dimmer and then there's a red light that's sometimes seen on either side of it um so even the mayor said they yeah. saw it um so many many people have tried to explain what the light is and from it being from it being like they just think it's like some paranormal phenomenon which i agree it is like even the, apparently the army tried to figure it out oh really <laughs> yeah they're just like you guys you know what we're bored and we gotta go figure this light situation out. <laughs> Has anyone ever heard like the the, the choo choo, like the horn and all that? I don't think so. No. So it's just, just the lights. lights. And Interesting. The th- yeah, it gets it gets a little bit weirder because like, um, so two teens entered into a science fair, and they believed that they had evidence to support that they had solved the mystery of these phantom lights. These teens said they found a road that lined up with the tracks in that, like, general area. They said that their parents would park on this adjacent road, and when their, like, car lights flashed, this ghost train light would appear, and then the taillights would be the red lights also seen. Um, And just so you guys know, they won first place in their science fair. (laughs) 
so that was their theory was car lights and the tail the red tail lights from a car gotcha. um, so now locals have dim- dismissed this theory as many of them believe that like it actually is a ghost train like phantom lights and i also kind of agree with them because these lights have been seen prior to cars being in this village it's a very small village and at one point there was the only way to access this village was to go over the river and these lights were seen prior to cars being invented oh shit well so, then there goes that theory yeah i don't know how <laughs> Take you guys back that first place prize yeah i was like how do you guys win first place i mean good for you but like what the fuck disqualified <laughs> <laughs> also like the witness accounts also say that the lights are almost like floating over these train tracks okay so when you try to do that with your car lights it's just not like the same yeah um, compared to like this very very bright light that sometimes looks like it's like almost swinging it's just really hard to accomplish with a headlight of a car unless you're driving yeah. like those massive fucking trucks with leds that shoot like laser beams into houses <laughs> fuck those guys then i could see that but i doubt we that. have another truck rant <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck big trucks guys i hate them oh oh Man. i can't remember who it was but someone sent us truck memes after that episode and it fucking made my whole day i remember you sending me them i'm like i love them so much thank you for that i'm so sorry we get a lot of messages but like that was a really good message so thank you if you sent that (laughs) yeah we appreciate it there was also a lady named suzanne um she had been interviewed about the lights and she's quoted saying and i quote my grandmother grew up in st louis and used to tell my dad and his siblings all about the ghost light she grew up before cars were invented and even back then the tail was a popular one so like i said yeah it was around creepy long before that um, so the Canada Post announced they were doing a sort of spooky tale stamp collection, and I believe they like kind of like make new ones every year, which is like dope I as fuck. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I knew they did like Christmas ones and shit. Yeah, no, they do spooky ones. I mentioned um, them making one for that ghost bride in the Banff Hotel oh, right. that was haunted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I smoke too much weed. I don't have a memory. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so they made one for this ghost train in 2014, I believe. Um, it was in like in production between 2014 and 2016. And I think that's the same year that they made the Ghost Bride one. Okay. Um, so now this one's a short one, you guys, today, but it's still fun. Um, so now the land where this railroad is like now, like it's just, it's there's no train track. So it's kind of like a railroad. Um, it is privately owned and like i said the tracks don't exist anymore so they haven't been able to promote like this as like a tourist attraction mm-hmm. because it's cut because it's privately owned or they can't like make a plaque for it like the ghost yeah. train or anything like that um but you never know they might just want to keep um it so like down low like it's so well known but like people are like i'm not gonna go visit it if it's a private property sort of thing yeah and it's well, especially village. if it's a small town yeah i was gonna say they probably don't want people coming in and fucking ruining their shit exactly as people tend to do like that little town for um the mothman yeah like that town or i was gonna say even on a like a local level i can't remember where it was but there's a sunflower field somewhere here and uh fucking pin or uh, instagram got a, a hold of it and it was so packed that they had to like close the street down and people like destroyed the sunflower fields because they were just like yeah. picking them to take pictures people parked on top of the sunflowers because people are stupid to go take pictures of the sunflowers yeah people ruin things we're a terrible species mm-hmm. um my question is though what if it's not something ghosty this whole time i've been thinking like what if it's like something else you know because it's in the same spot for like hundreds and hundreds of years and like not necessarily extraterrestrial but i'm thinking like a uh some i don't how do i word this like a break in the timeline or something you know what i mean like oh a my portal God, of yeah. some sort you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like like a glitch of some sort <laughs> it's like a glitch in the matrix that's exactly thank you <laughs> <laughs> like it's some sort of like th- thing that's just keeps reoccurring yeah and it means some i don't know i'm just like i said i smoke too much weed it made sense in my head (laughs) but that's the thing it's like so many people have seen this light and so many people have tried to debunk it and the only people that said they thought they debunked it were these teens in the science fair and they were fucking wrong yeah (laughs) because like the lights just don't match up and there's plenty of videos like there's evidence of this yeah Um, there was like a cbc um news reporter who caught the lights on camera oh so interesting tip you tip oh, i said it again you tip you tip i'm so good <laughs> at social media you tip <laughs> it's all over youtube up. and it's, but it's my theory, crazy 
my theory is ghost or like glitch in the matrix or something yeah i could see like, glitch in the matrix because if it's like a haunted train because like like object oh, how do i say this like it's not a dead train like the train didn't die so maybe it's just stuck in this weird like shadow loop if that makes sense yeah or maybe I like the conductor actually because there's no evidence of this conductor being decapitated yeah and like the railroad like the cnr's like records don't like don't they i'm sure they date back to this era but they don't they never kept record of it so it yeah kinda, like stopped at a certain certain time so they don't have record of it technically so like if he did actually die and get decapitated maybe he's just like reliving his death yeah that makes over sense and over and over again so like you see the train lights and you see like you could maybe you and don't his lantern see him or whatever and his, like lantern but then they disappear because that's when he dies that makes sense and he's just reliving his death over and over and over again Ooh, that's that miserable sucks. what did he do in a past life right <laughs> so yeah that's Fine. the st louis ghost train it's a short one you guys but it's been a week and last week was insane so <laughs> mine's also kind of short this week because um it's been a week <laughs> yeah listen at least we're honest at least we're honest and, um like ghost trains are fucking cool man they are fucking cool i was actually really excited when when i said it i think it was a train i was like well this would be cool oh also Um, i think there's a beer there's like a ghost beer so um fun fact my cousin moved out to calgary and i was facetiming with him a bit ago and he was showing me all these new beers that he got like these craft beers yeah and one of them was like the ghost train beer that's so, so cool yeah so i was like i don't know if it's like associated with like the saskatchewan like the st louis saskatchewan yeah like story but it looks pretty similar it looks like the 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 stamp that's posted um for this ghost train but yeah so apparently there might be a beer out there but there's a beer called coast ghost train and he was drinking it so what a way to what a way to honor this train yeah <laughs> i mean that's the most canadian way to do it i was just gonna say very it. canadian crack yeah. a bud there eh um <laughs> so with that um so this week's kind of funny because i told danielle that she inspired my case and then she's like that's funny because your dad inspired mine so yeah we're like feeling things this week apparently apparently <laughs> it also terrifies me that a murder case inspired like made okay you think of me <laughs> so i didn't maybe necessarily word it correctly so it's let me let me i'll fix this okay so i was telling danielle uh last week i admired that she loves history so much and i love watching her get excited over history so i decided to do a case for her that is super fucking old so old in fact that we are talking about the original black widow her name is mary ann cotton i am here for this way the fuck back in time for this in honor of danielle being a history nerd i am Um, not i'm just a history nerd when it comes to ghosts and murders that's all and like you hate men so it kind of works yeah that too that's so so mean i don't hate men i just no not all men yeah (laughs) you guys know what we mean i hope um so yeah this this is probably like the oldest case i've ever done i I don't really do any like historical cases so i was like i should do a historical case i've never heard this one you're welcome uh, neither had i until i read it and it's a fucking doozy so this story begins way back in 1832 when mary so like very old very old here for it um so mary was born at the time mary ann robinson to her parents whose last name was also robinson but i didn't get their first names um she was born in northern england her father was a miner and he died when mary was only eight in like a mining accident so uh that left her and her brother to be raised by their mother who then faced poverty after her husband's death um so I, I found this afterwards. I, I read more about the case after I finished writing this. So her dad died in a mining accident. He got trapped or something like that. Okay. And they got him out, put his body in a burlap sack, put the body in a wheelbarrow, pushed the wheelbarrow to the fucking house, knocked on the door and was like, here you go. And that's how they found out that their dad slash husband died. And then the kicker here is that the mine owned their house. So then they kicked them out because he was no longer there. Shut up i was so mad reading that <laughs> can you imagine just being like "Ooh, what did they bring me and open it and it's just your dad like yeah yeah so and i'm pretty sure they took the wheelbarrow back too because it said like property of the like mining company on it and i'm pretty sure it said that they just kind of like boop there you go and then like took the wheelbarrow back <laughs> i'm actually i have no fucking words that's disgusting yeah. <laughs> so that fun is, fact there they're like it's um, just a part of the job here you go yeah Bye. Uh, so because she was like kicked out of the house and stuff she was obviously left 
broke and homeless essentially and especially um, back then like like women weren't allowed to work so like, yeah so she remarried as her uh, solution yeah um there's there's nothing really said about the stepdad other than mary hated him um i don't know why she hated him they, there was no record of like abuse or anything but she hated him um the tension between Mary and her stepfather only grew with time, and when she was 16, Mary left her family home. <laughs> so young. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, yes, I do remember writing this because I uh, Snapchatted you. So uh, she left her family home. She's a free bitch, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> I forgot about it already. Anyways, uh, she went on to become a nurse at only 16, which is like mind-blowing. Wow. In, an, in a nearby village called South Hetton. Um, then in 1852, at the age of 20, Mary married a man, which was very hard to say, named William Mowbray. Uh, they then moved into Southwest England and had fucking six children. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Her husband died in January of 1865 from an intestinal disorder. And I want you to remember that. And Mary collected 35 fucking pounds from uh, British and Prudential Insurance upon his death. 35 fucking pounds. That's My it? dad's funeral was $30,000 and she got 35 pounds. That's it. Oh my <laughs> I don't know like, if money was different there, but that still feels like insulting. Yeah, that that's, I don't know. Correct us if I'm, uh, we're wrong because we have is, a lot of UK listeners, but like, wow. And it's the 1800s too. So you have to keep that True. in mind, but I still feel like that's an insulting amount. Is it not? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. It just pissed me off. Anyways. Um, <laughs> not enough. He died. That's not enough. <laughs> so unfortunately, at the time, childhood deaths were really, really common. And Mary also lost most of her children. Um, so important to note, I say most here because the records on her children are pretty scattered. She didn't actually like legally register any of them <laughs> except two. Yeah. So allegedly she had 13 total children, but only two were known to have survived childhood. Okay. Um, in research, I found out she named like three of them Margaret and like only one of the Margarets lived. So like every time she had a baby, she would name it Margaret and then it would die. So then she'd have another baby named Margaret. Margaret 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it was actually really common. I know that it was really common back then for, um, because childhood, I don't know if that, this is the reason, but like with childhood deaths, like being so common and unfortunately there's just so much disease back then and no like cure for it no vaccines yeah um um, births weren't registered that often yeah so like so my grammy doesn't have a birth certificate even though like she oh that's wild yeah oh yeah i remember because you were trying to get uh irish citizenship or something weren't you yeah is this the same one yeah so basically to be able to get my dual citizenship i have to register my birth and it seems pretty fucking easy but because my grammy didn't get her birth registered i don't have her birth certificate so i have to find a loophole through it so you think it'd be easy to get it but it's not and then i kind of gave up because i'm poor so yeah and it's been it's been a few years of you trying so i don't blame you yeah and it's also Um, very expensive so yeah so she also insured the lives of her children and collected money from their deaths as well 35 pounds she at least was profiting off of her tragedy a little bit i feel like Um, they would be like uh it's half a child so it would be like not 35 pounds they like give you they give her like yeah i was just like gonna half. say that <laughs> you get half a person fee yeah um after her first husband died uh for a f- short period of time mary moved to seaham harbor which sounds like a lovely place i meant to google it and i forgot but um lovely she had a quick fling there with a guy and lived her absolute best life for a couple months um when that fizzled she moved back to sunderland and married her second husband george ward in august of 1865 by this time only one of mary's children was still alive oh wow so she had lost five children at this point um poor george then died on october 20th 1866 after suffering for several months from an unknown illness it was noted that his symptoms include paralysis and intestinal problems the coroner recorded huh. the cause of death as English cholera and mm. typhoid disease. Oh, cholera? Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was supposed to look it up. Yeah, I did it. Marianne again collected the insurance money for her husband's death. Just one month after George's death, Mary was hired as a maid by a man named James Robinson. Pretty much immediately after this, Mary was pregnant and James was the father. 
around this time. We didn't mean Murray for that one. We just knew it. (laughs) Thank you for getting my joke. Yeah. Um, Around this time, which was like the spring of 1867-ish, Mary's mother became sick with hepatitis. Mary returned to her hometown immediately to help her. And by some miracle, it appeared as though her mother was going to make a full recovery. Um, However, nine days after Mary's arrival, she died after complaining of sudden stomach pains. Shortly after this... It's like death follows a certain somebody in this story. It seems as though, yeah. Um, Shortly after this, Mary and her baby daddy boss got married. Their daughter was born in November of 1867, but she got sick and passed away in February 1868 at only three months old. Uh, They went on to have a son named George in 1869, and I believe he was one of the children who, like, grew into an adult i don't know how to say that politely i'm sorry uh survive childhood i was gonna say um, survive childhood That's yeah it. <laughs> um mary began to insist that james get life insurance shortly after their wedding this made him suspicious and he did some snooping and found out that mary had racked up a whopping 60 pounds in debt i fucking wish so, okay <laughs> so like the the money situation must be insane because like what is compare- she buying if she if she made you know 35 pounds off of let's say six people hypothetically yeah but now she's 60 pounds in debt girl like manage yourself better this like to this day 35 pounds is 61 canadian dollars so she made like quite a bit and still ended up in debt (laughs) yeah wow um but yeah i wish my debt was 60 pounds that's all i'm saying yeah same Uh, i bought a house it's not mine's not 60 pounds (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't i shouldn't complain about my car we're looking at buying a house this year and i know it's only getting worse (laughs) yeah i was like girl but it's like it's good debt it's good debt to have it is good debt it's just a lot to look at i think i'm gonna have uh so i don't look at it exactly Uh, when i signed for my car i legitimately had like a a week-long panic attack over it because i'd never spent that much money before yeah and i just felt so and i cannot wait to feel that let me tell you i'm gonna have to take a month off of work when i buy a house just to recover um (laughs) i don't need to pay for it i just already did so i'm taking (laughs) (laughs) i need a mental health leave yeah um he found out she was in debt um he rifled through his belongings and realized that he was missing 50 pounds from his possession to make matters worse he asked their children uh so their son george and then one of mary's remaining children so like his stepkid um uh he asked if their mother had been acting strange lately to which they replied that mary had asked them to help her sell some pieces of furniture and valuables how you not notice furniture missing is beyond me but anyways uh like walk in and like no there's no couch missing i don't know yeah um james said fuck this bitch and kicked her out of the house and he actually gained custody of both of the children oh wow um so Mary was living on the streets for a time until her friend Margaret Cotton introduced her to her brother Frederick Cotton, who lived in a place called Wall Bottle, and I wanted to include it because I thought it was funny. Um, I feel like Margaret did a bad job here. She did. She did not do a good thing. She thought she was doing a good thing, but she wasn't. Um, so he had recently lost his previous wife and was looking for love. Uh, Margaret was watching her brother's children at the time while he was at work and invited Mary to help her with chores and stuff in exchange for a place to live. Shockingly, Margaret passed away from an undetermined stomach illness, leaving Mary to sweep in and console her mourning brother and his sons. Oh, she got so pregnant. Margaret died. Margaret died. Oh, that's terrible. So Margaret invited Mary into her home, and then Margaret died. Huh. And uh, pretty much right away, uh, I almost said Margaret, Mary was pregnant again with Frederick's baby. Frederick, get your shit together. (laughs) Um, They had to travel outside of their little town to get married because Mary was technically still married to the guy that kicked her out. So the legality of their union is wishy-washy. They actually called her uh, like a bigot, like bigamy okay whatever Mm because she was technically married to two men um nonetheless she took his name and became mary ann cotton uh their son was born in 1871 not long after this mary learned that her uh, her former lover from seaham harbor the one that she had the little fling with uh named joseph natras was living in a nearby village and no longer married uh she convinced her husband to move to the same village and rekindled her affair with joseph pretty much right away uh she (laughs) this is funny she lives the life the way i play sims <laughs> she just like goes around and starts like banging and marrying people willy-nilly absolutely no shame i just i had a hard time keeping up and then but just <laughs> kills everyone yeah literally gets Take, pregnant kills everyone like takes, that's how i play sims takes what the that says about pool. me 
I don't know. Yeah. But if you don't kill people in Sims, I feel like you're not playing it, right? No, you're not. <laughs> you just take that ladder out of the pool in Sims 3. It's the best. Yeah, it's they make it so much harder in Sims 4. <laughs> it's almost like you're not supposed to kill people in the game or something. <laughs> Uh, Once again, very shockingly, Frederick died in December of 1871 from gastric fever. And you bet your cute little tush that she had an insurance policy out on him and his sons as well. Remember that for later. Okay. Um, After his death, Joseph, her lover, moved in with Mary, Le Shock. Um, So the way she sort of got around this is that she said that they were just roommates. So she told everybody that they were just like roommates and everyone's like, oh, that must be true. So gullible. (laughs) So true. She ended up getting a job as a nurse in a smallpox unit under the supervision of a man named John Quick Manning. And boy, was he quick because he soon became the father of Mary's 13th child. Um, Damn, this girl must have, like, had some type of personality that was just absolutely amazing. Dude, she, like, she looked at a man and she banged him. Like, it was just that easy for her. And I don't know if I admire that or if I'm just taken aback by it. I think I admire it. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I kind of like half admire it, but then like half of me is kind of just like, how do you put up with men for that long? And that many too. Like there are a yeah. lot to deal with. I straight up told Carl, I'm never dating a man. If we ever broke up for whatever awful reason, I wouldn't need, never date a man ever again. No. I don't ever. blame you. No. <laughs> um so while mary and john were canoodling her new son robert passed away in 1872 uh shortly after his half brother frederick jr so she collected policies on her own son robert and her dead husband's son frederick jr uh Mm. her lover joseph also mysteriously died after he changed his will leaving everything to mary the only person whose insurance she had not collected at this point was Frederick's last living son named Charles. So in uh, later in 1872, a local parish, which I think is like a priest, right? I was trying to Google it up. Google it up. Google it up. Google it up. Yo. We're basically in like 2000. We're Googling it up. <laughs> um, I was trying to Google it and I couldn't quite find a straight answer, but it was also like midnight and I was half awake. Yeah. Um, so his name was Thomas Riley. Uh, he requested Mary's expertise in smallpox to help nurse an ill woman under his care. Uh, Mary replied saying she would help if Thomas could arrange for Charles to be put into a workhouse. Um, a workhouse is kind of like a homeless shelter, but they make you like earn your keep there. So you have to do like physical labor and stuff in okay. order to, to live in this shelter. Um, Thomas refused the offer saying that there was no reason for the child to be put to work when she could easily care for him outside of her nursing shifts. Um, he said, fuck you and your single motherhood is what he said there. Um, Thomas was suspicious of Mary's request, however, and decided to do some gossiping around the village. Residents told Thomas that Mary often complained about having to watch the boy, saying that she wanted to marry Frederick's brother, but she couldn't because she was still caring for his nephew. So she wanted her dead husband's brother. What the f- But was like, I can't be, like, fucking his uncle, then people will talk. But so- but then she continues to tell everybody in the town. Yeah, I literally can't with her. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> People are still talking, sweetheart. <laughs> um, so there was a claim made that Mary said, quote, but he won't live long. He shall go like all the rest of the Cotton family, end quote. Um, five days later, Marianne Cotton informed Thomas that Charles had in fact died. Thomas immediately went to the uh, the village police and convinced the coroner to hold off on signing the death certificate until an investigation took place. Mary didn't know that that happened, though, so she went to the insurance office to c- collect her check, and they had to tell her that there was no death certificate, and apparently she just, like, lost her shit. Um, I feel like, like, back then, you probably only had, like, one insurance company. Like, let's be really fucking Like, honest. the insurance company? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, like, when th- I feel like you it would click at one point to be like, those girls collecting a lot of shit. See, it's... I would think that, except that it's, like, the 1800s and, like, people died all the time. Um, I am going to talk about insurance in a second, though. So, very solid point you bring up. Okay. Um, Meanwhile, the investigation was launched. Uh, During the interviews, Mary repeated that she used arrowroot to try to treat an unknown illness in her stepson. Uh, She claimed that Thomas made up the accusation of her killing him because she refused to sleep with him. Um her story seemed credible and the jury returned a verdict of natural causes. However, Thomas had a strong hunch that there was more to the story, so he didn't give up the fight. And I don't know why he was so invested in it, but he fucking was. And like, Fuck he ended bitch. up he ended up helping to crack the case because of it. Um 
So a local newspaper had gotten word about this investigation and started their own research into Mary. And I got to say, they did a really great job considering this was like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So they learned about her trips around England, her long list of dead husbands, all of her dead children, and so on and so forth. They like found her entire history. They went straight Danielle on them. Um, Uh (laughs) Danielle's an FBI agent. (laughs) Give me a name Um, and I'll find out everything. And this has been, like, since childhood. She's so fucking good at it. Um, so even worse, they had actually discovered the strange links between the deaths. Nearly all of the, the quote, victims had had... Oh, my God. Nearly all of the, quote, victims had died of an unspecified stomach or intestinal illness. A man named Dr. William Byers Kilburn had read these news articles and his own suspicions were raised. Conveniently, he was at Charles's bedside when he was ill and actually took samples from the boy. So he was like the boy's doctor. And when he was reading about his stepmom, he was like, this is fishy. To my storage. He was like, you know what? I could do something with this and actually play a role in it and solve this murder. And he did. So he tested the samples, which I'm fairly certain were blood samples, but I cannot confirm. It just said samples. But they did find traces of arsenic in Charles's body. Uh, He called the police and Marianne Cotton was arrested the next day. Um, I didn't include this whole part because it was a lot, but they did end up exhuming Charles's body and like looked at his stomach contents because it had only been like a, a... couple weeks or something like that and they did find arsenic in his stomach as well to to confirm that he had ingested it as opposed to like any other way of getting arsenic i guess i don't know basically all these people were poisoned but they did i there was like drawings in the article i read like from the 1800s that show like the green on his hands and stuff like that that are like consistent with arsenic poisoning and stuff so i thought it was kind of cool looking at the forensics from back then and how like it's you know obviously it's not the same as it is today but like it's still cool that it's similar yeah i guess they're like on the same kind of path they just don't have the ability the technology. to know everything yeah. so like nowadays we would just like take a picture of the hand but they like sat and drew it and it's yeah. like a really detailed drawing too <laughs> like <laughs> they're like where's my green pencil crayon hmm. no literally <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's um i should try to find the article i used because it was a really really cool article and it had all of the pictures in it and i'll try to link that somehow um So Marianne was uh, still pregnant at the time, so the trial was delayed until she delivered her 13th child on January 10th, 1873. Her poor vagina. I know. That's all I was thinking about this whole time. Especially back Um, then. Like, there's nothing to help you. Yeah, you're just... Oh, God. Let her rip. (laughs) Oh, God. Literally. (laughs) Your poor butthole. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, Someone's so going to be tr- like, Danielle, babies don't come out of buttholes. And I'll be like, well, you little do seen, you know, <laughs> you've never seen a baby rip a vagina from a vagina to a butthole. So here we are. <laughs> Science fact. The, so there's a little patch of skin between the vagina and Ooh. the butthole. Ooh. And that full on blows out like it, that patch of skin is there for labor. That's all it's there for. Being a woman sucks. Everybody. Everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> especially being a woman. <laughs> um so yeah the the trial lasted three days before the jury went out to deliberate uh it took them an hour to return and they pronounced mary ann cotton guilty of murder um apparently she had no reaction to her conviction and was described as being sort of like statue-like while listening to the judge however when he announced that the sentence was was death mary lost her cool and had like a full-on meltdown in court like had to be carried out and everything yeah so she was like so chill until they were like you're gonna die <laughs> she was like thinking oh. of ways to get out she's like i could probably sleep with this judge and like figure it out <laughs> i'm still pregnant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after marianne was convicted uh many people were upset that she was able to freely murder people and claim insurance money this actually resulted in a lot of changes into how policies are made and all of the legal documents that you now have to sign so back at this time they literally would just be like i'm giving her everything that's it no questions asked <laughs> yeah but now there's like a whole process to it like you have to sign papers etc etc um so this case actually changed uh how insurance policies are drawn up and everything that's good and Um, i think now like you can't like if there's um if like your your partner dies in like not necessarily like suspicious ways but like definitely like early like they shouldn't have been dead Mm -hmm. they usually do an investigation no matter what especially if they have a life insurance policy yeah 
So I thought that was kind of cool that she uh, she was literally the first Black Widow. and Well, not necessarily the first. The first known Black Widow, let's just say. And she literally changed the course of history. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's absolutely crazy. So Mary's execution was highly publicized and the village all gathered to watch as they did back in the day. Uh, the morning of her death, she wrote a confession to a reverend that she... Oh, she confessed that she did, in fact, give the victims poison, but that it was an accident. Uh, he didn't believe her because that's bullshit. Uh, and he begged her to cleanse herself of her sins or whatever the fuck. But she maintained that this was the truth. She marched to the gallows. Like, like, you can't be that bad at cooking, sweetheart. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> like, yeah, like, to, I like what are we like at? Like, so there's, there's 11 children. I think, like, four husbands, her mom, her lover. Like, that's, like, 20-some-odd people at the this sister. point. The sister. The sister. I forgot about the sister. Yep. Oh, and then there's Frederick's kids. Yeah. So, yeah, she's at, like, 20 oopsies. Oopsies. <laughs> I just can't cook. Oopsies. <laughs> Oops. Um, so she marched to the gallows, praying out loud the whole time, and she was pronounced dead on March 24th, 1873. Uh, it didn't take very long for the Madame Tussaud to catch wind of Mary's death, and she created a wax figure of Mary to be displayed in her chamber of horrors, along with a list of other famous killers. Oh, my God. That's um, so cool. Madame Tussaud's 1880 exhibition catalog contained a piece on Mary that read, and I thought this was cool. I didn't know that Madame Tussaud's was around like that long. So yeah, this no. is this is from her exhibition in 1880. Quote, the series of cold-blooded murders for which this wretch was hanged on the morning of Monday, March 24th, are crimes against which no punishment in history can atone for. The child she rocked on her knee today was poisoned tomorrow. Most of her murders were committed for petty gains, and she killed husbands and children with the unconcern of a farm, gil- farm girl killing poultry. The story of her crimes is still fresh in the public mind. End wow. Quote the end madame tussaud fucking hated mary apparently so much shade um i just looked up pictures of mary and like i don't see what people (laughs) the appeal (laughs) she looks like really mean she does look really mean that's a good word for it she looks very severe yeah that's absolutely crazy she bagged them all get it sis and she almost got away with it Mm mm-hmm it wasn't for you meddling doctors yeah it was a scooby reference i was trying to think of like a dog but i'm like there was no dog mentioned and i was like shit no there wasn't i'm there was sorry no dog. but yeah that was miss mary cotton for y'all that is crazy that was so good i like that one i had fun researching it i stayed up so late finishing it because i was like I, I have to finish it i don't want to leave this for tomorrow you're like no this is like a cliffhanger and it has to be it was tonight. it was <laughs> so yeah that was fun it's absolutely nuts that she's the reason why that like the life insurance policy yeah changed they're like i thought that was really cool because it was um it was like a lot of the buzz in the newspapers was talking about like how much money she made off of these murders and stuff and everyone's like wait why are you making money off of murder like how how are we allowing this (laughs) yeah they're like there's a flaw in our system unfortunately happens to this day like people all the time kill for insurance money but i think it's harder to get away with it now oh gosh, uh, yeah. especially considering a lot of people do it like within a week yeah <laughs> we just changed her insurance policy and she fell down the stairs like <laughs> it's like there's no like patience at all they're just like oh my god it's already switched Let's it's do time it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are terrible at your jobs okay it's kind of <laughs> like that um i think it was like was it the first episode you did or a couple episodes um of those toronto billionaires yes yeah that was i think episode two or three two two i think two yeah because they just changed their yeah their insurance and all of a sudden they're dead so yeah it's it still happens to this day but um i think what they tried to prevent here is the multiple husbands thing yeah like the the you know marry one kill him marry one kill him marry one like they're trying to stop that yeah and they did a fairly good job i would say yeah most people get caught when they do that most people i mean and she killed a lot of people like it's not she like killed she killed a lot husbands. of people there's like, no official like victim count because they only ever confirmed like the the charles yeah because the, they exhumed his body and everything because everyone else had been dead for like years prior and like you know it's common to have unknown illnesses back then so you just slap yeah. an unknown illness on it so there's a point zero 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 one percent chance that you know at least one of them might have actually died of natural causes but but I doubt it <laughs> i got my doubts yeah 
we doubt that and like it's she just went like she's like you know what i can't have any like people like going after me so i'm just gonna kill all of them not just her husband all of them literally everybody can be no witnesses she wiped out that whole family the whole cotton family yeah gone but she kept their name (laughs) (laughs) asshole did any of her kids survive uh there was two children that made it to adulthood uh but there's not much known about them i can't remember which ones i was like i wonder Um, if they kept like the cotton name no because they they had different dads oh okay i don't know what their names there's just so many of them (laughs) (laughs) oh man that yeah that was that was fun for me that was good i liked that yay so with that come be friends with us yeah and chat about this fun i hate saying fun but it was actually really interesting i know i feel so bad sometimes but i just i feel like people who listen to us understand that we like we know murder is bad okay we know we just make just insensitive yeah it's just (laughs) straight up dry humor and i saw a tweet the other day and i felt personally attacked by it i don't even know this girl she was like looking for podcast recommendations and i was on that tag and it said something about like i hate when uh true crime podcasts like laugh and and don't even bother like looking up the victim's last name and all the shit i was like i do all of those things yeah i look (laughs) up the last names i just can't pronounce them because i'm an idiot that's all yeah we all know this so i understand that point of view it's not funny i get it but um so it's okay it's be come be like dark and humorous with us on instagram you can find us on at well still on instagram but it's (laughs) a spooky hour podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us at the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com we want spooky tales yeah please send us your spooky tales So i don't have anything fun to say just send them <laughs> just send so many spooky tales i promise i read the emails she does dude, this is the one thing danielle does do yeah. <laughs> okay it. no danielle does everything danielle does all the editing i'm gonna step back a second but in terms of like contacting people <laughs> and social media yeah but i don't email. do the email i never remember to check it mm-hmm. never always always check the email we're really bad at our jobs we so are thank you for uh liking it at least yeah thanks friends <laughs> Have a wonderful week, everybody. And Happy February. Stay- Happy February and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.